Hey, hey, welcome to episode 74 of the Computer Business Marketing Show. Today's episode is brought to you by Mixmax. With Mixmax, you know exactly who opened your email and when. Schedule meetings in one email with the Google Calendar integration. Templates and sequences mean you can create the perfect email with one click. And other features include built-in automatic reminders and integrations with leading CRM providers. To save time and get more out of Gmail, head on over to MixMax.com. It's also brought to you by Tech Blog Builder. Tech Blog Builder is the blog writing service for IT businesses. We craft content that converts website visitors into customers with 100% unique, SEO-ready, professionally written blog posts delivered on a consistent schedule. Learn more at TechBlogBuilder.com. On today's show, we talk about why LinkedIn sucks with Vic. Vikram Rajan will uh, commiserate over our shared disdain for certain quirks in LinkedIn and then talk about how you can flip the script and turn those headaches into benefits. Plus, uh, Vikram will reveal the free tool that he's created to solve one of those headaches in a big way. Plus, Paco talks about what you can do to prevent the sting of client cancellations, and we introduce you to our new sponsor, Mixmax. All that and so much more coming up right now. Right. Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to the Computer Business Marketing Show. If you own or work in an IT services business, this is the place to learn how to get more clients, keep them happy, and grow your revenue. You can watch, download, and or subscribe to all show episodes at computerbusinessmarketing.com. You can also catch our live stream on Facebook every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Just be sure to like the Tech Site Builder Facebook page, click on the following tab, and select See First so that the live stream will jump on top of your feed. And we finally got the live stream working again last <laughs> week. Uh, we had some technical difficulties and it wouldn't work. Apparently, it's conflicting with a, a browser extension I have or something. Um, so I'll have to figure that out. But we, uh, using a different browser, it's working now. So we are live in Facebook now. And hopefully for the foreseeable future, we will be. <laughs> exactly. Um, so uh, definitely check us out uh, on Facebook during the live show. We love to hear from you. And we love to interact with you on Facebook. Um, so the topic of today's episode, uh, it's titled uh, LinkedIn Networking Sucks. <laughs> and uh, I think we can all kind of relate to that where we've, we've tried to use LinkedIn. We've heard it's a good place. Uh, we've talked about it on the show before. It's a good place to do some marketing and some client outreach and to build your business. But maybe some of us have tried it and it hasn't worked very well, or we've been frustrated with our experience with LinkedIn. You know, they change LinkedIn all the time. Things are changing um, and it, it's hard to kind of wrap your mind around it. So our guest today is going to help us um, make uh, LinkedIn suck a little less. <laughs> He's got some tips and tricks and tools that we can use to uh, to make the most of LinkedIn. Uh, and he's going to uh, he's going to dig into that. Before we get into that feature topic, though, um, uh, as always, I want to introduce uh, my esteemed co-host, Paco LeBron, and see what he's been up to. Uh, how you been, Paco? Better than good, better than most. Things have been pretty good this month. Um, we have a couple things going on. I've kind of mentioned uh, a couple moves for clients, and we've been getting an uptick on cabling projects uh, this past week, week and a half. 
Um, I partnered with a good cabling guy that um, I have a relationship with Comcast Business, and they provided uh, this gentleman's information to me. Um, so far, he's helped me out with two clients, and it's worked out really well. And you know, it's one of those where it's you never know you, with the amount of jobs that are kind of going out there. And as we focus on niches, it's always great to develop partnerships and still make a little bit of money on the side on those partnerships. So, and not really having to do much of that labor that you don't want to do, um, but helping with the coordination. So it's worked out really well. I had one client that was plagued with Wi-Fi problems. We strung up a, a cable, put a, a new ruckus to join on their uh, network. Haven't heard any issues from them since. We since wired a, uh, a pretty big 4,000 square foot warehouse um, that normally I wouldn't have taken on, but this guy has been really good and we really got it all set up. So it just speaks to those that, you know, if there is something you don't want to do, and I've talked about this a little bit before, you know, partnerships really help not only your business grow, but it also helps your reputation of your business grow too. So if they have a question, if they have a service that they're trying to look at and you're their go-to guy, you basically can be that go-to person and help them out, whether it's subcontracting or referral to that other company as a partnership. So um, it's been working out pretty well and you know we'll kind of see how it kind of moves on moving forward. Another thing that I wanted to bring up is missed appointments. And something for those to consider is when you're scheduling appointments with your clients or new prospects, um, you definitely want to have a check-in policy and you want to have and think about having deposits. Um, a check-in policy is basically, you know, you schedule the, uh, the appointment with the client and uh, you want to have a policy where you let them know Hey, just for example, I went ahead and scheduled somebody for today at 11 a.m. And my check-in policy is we got your information. We're going to create a ticket in our CRM system. We're going to send you an appointment email to let you know the confirmation of the details, which will also be a calendar invite. Now, my check-in policy is 24 hours before or if they called the day before, a couple hours before the appointment is to confirm we're still good for the time. Now, the reason why I do this is I don't charge deposits for protect potential customers or um, my current customers. I do this check-in policy so that way if they tell me they're not available or if I can't get a hold of them and I let them know about this ahead of time, I'm not showing up to that appointment. I'm not going to waste the time, I'm not going to waste the effort, especially the resources to get to them. So perfect example is what happened today. I called the client. Uh, the client apparently wasn't in in the morning. And didn't tell anybody of the staff that I would be there. So had I went ahead and showed up, it would have been a wasted visit. And since I don't tell, I don't take deposits, it would have been wasted in resources that I could have applied somewhere else. But, you know, that's also something to think about as well, where if you do take a deposit, this is a perfect example on why to let them know on cancellation fees, letting them know as to why you want to have that uh, opportunity is to let them know that the deposit is for this type of scenario. So something to take in consideration for those that are planning appointments, develop a check-in policy, stick with it, and you know whether it's going to be that of checking in slash taking deposits as well. Yeah, I mean, that's... Uh... You know that that can be a big deal if you're driving out to uh, doing on-site work and you're spending the time, you know, to get out there, the gas money to get out there, uh, and all of that stuff. And then, you know, they're they're not available. That can really, you know, hurt 
lots of aspects of your business. I'm wondering how how do other service businesses handle that, like you know plumbers or or whatever people who come to your house to do stuff. Um, I'm trying to mm. think if, if I don't know. I think you may. I, I mean, I've had plumbers where you got to pay when they're on site. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering for those that don't collect payment information, if you call them again, there's a payment that's due on the account, so they won't service you until it's paid. Um, and it's kind of interesting because <laughs> what happened is I actually had two appointments, so I was actually running late to this appointment. Hmm. So I was calling to let them know, a, are we good? And two. Um, I'm going to be about 10, 15 minutes late and it worked out in my favor. And it was a lot of running around that I was doing that ended up working out in my favor for them calling off. Right. Yep. So that's good. Uh, hopefully that doesn't happen too often. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, definitely something to keep in mind and have a, have a process around that. Uh, cool. So, um, Let's uh, let's see. Uh, I want to remind you guys about the Computer Business Marketing Newsletter. So before we jump into the uh, the sponsor message and everything else, uh, the Computer Business Marketing Newsletter is your weekly digest of tips and tricks for how to market your IT services business. Uh, no fluff, just actionable items. You'll get a copy of or a link to this uh, the latest podcast episode, along with um, some curated uh, news items the latest posts from our Facebook group and a tip of the week to help motivate you and uh, give you new ideas on how to market your IT business. All of that for free every week by signing up to the Computer Business Marketing Newsletter at computerbusinessmarketing.com. All right, um, uh, let's move on to our tech site builder question of the week. Paco, do you have a question for me today? Yep. Uh, for those of us that have or had multiple locations and are curious on having to add an additional location to the site, is there a way to do that in TechSite Builder? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, the way you do it in TechSite Builder is pretty much the way you do it on any website. And the, uh, the, the way I recommend it. So, say you have, so you have an established business, you have a website for that business, and then you're going to start a new location for that same business. So the, the name is the same. Sometimes even the phone number is the same. The only difference is the address is different. It's maybe right. a different like place people can drop off, um, you know, equipment, or maybe you have some employees working over there. It's a different storefront or whatever. Um, the benefits of that is you can increase your service area. You can increase the uh, convenience of the location for people to visit your storefront. Or even if you don't have a storefront, you increase the uh, the um, the area that you can service, especially in Google's eyes. Um, so the way you want to handle that is um, you don't want to create a new separate website for that new location. You want to keep it all under the same roof, all under the same brand. That way the SEO work you're doing for one for the one main website will benefit your your second location as well. Um, that also tells Google when it's uh, doing its algorithm magic in the back end that this is one company with two separate locations. If it sees a separate, totally different domain URL website, it might consider that a separate business and then um, and then you know rank that less than your than your main one. Um, if you have that second location on your main website, it'll rank that second location up with the same kind of SEO juice that your primary uh, location has. Um, the big key you want to do is, number one, create a separate landing page on your website for that new location. Um, so maybe just a separate page that says, you know, um, uh, ABC Computer Repair in uh, Anytown, USA. 
uh, or in one, two, three, any town USA. That's the title of the page. That's for your new location in any town USA, whereas before you were in Mayberry. So now you have Mayberry in any town USA. Create a landing page for your any town USA location. Put the address on that page. Um, talk about the new location. Talk about your services. Make the content unique so it's not copied and pasted from other areas on your website. And then, uh, and then the the key piece is to create a new Google My Business location. So you go into your Google My Business account where you create your Google listing for your original business, create a totally separate new listing for this new location, uh, give it the same business name, different address, whatever. Um, and then it asks you for the website URL, use that landing page URL. So it'll be yourwebsite.com slash whatever the page name is. That's your main website for that location. Um, so that way Google will place you in the Google maps and start ranking you, but it's going to use the SEO of your existing site. But if someone clicks through to your website from that Google listing, it's going to go to that location page, not your main website. Um, so that's going to be a better experience for the visitors to your website. So those are kind of the two main things to do. New location page, new Google My Business listing, and then create some blog posts that you point links to that new location page to help kind of boost up the SEO of that page. And that's that's what we do in, in the service for Tech Site Builder users. If you have a new location and you want to have all of that done for you um, by us, uh, then uh, let us know and we can take care of that. So I got a follow-up question to that. Sure. So the location page, should it be a squeeze page or should it look like an actual home page similar to like how you can customize in Page Builder in Tech Site Builder? Um, what's the best route on doing that? Yeah, uh, it should be basically uh, another homepage type of okay. situation. So it should gotcha. feel like someone's landing on your location's website, but there's the navigation menu and they can do, they can browse and do other things. They can see your other location is there. Um, you don't want to separate or hide those locations from each other because Google wants to see that they're both under this one business umbrella. They're both visible. You might even add in your navigation menu like a locations tab and then have you know, both locations in a dropdown. So if someone wants to you know, see what locations you have available, um, that's a great way to do it as well. Gotcha. Cool. Um, yeah, so that's, that's a good place to be in, expanding your business, having new locations. And I uh, just want to make sure you do it the right way on your website. Uh, okay, so uh, we're almost to the interview portion, but before we do that, I'm excited to announce a new sponsor for the Computer Business Marketing Show, and that is Mixmax. Mixmax is a customer engagement and workflow automation application for small businesses. And uh, what it does is it can help you get more out of Gmail. Uh, it specifically works with Gmail to help save you time. With Mixmax, you know exactly what op who opened your emails and when. You can schedule meetings in one email with a Google Calendar in integration. Uh, they give you email templates and sequences so you can create the perfect email with one click. Um, it, it has automatic reminders so nothing falls through the cracks. If you're using... Um, Salesforce or Pipe Drive is your CRM, then you can use their Chrome extension to manage all of your CRM contacts directly in Gmail. That's pretty cool. Um, and their rules and workflow automation can save you lots of time, increase your productivity by up to 10, per 10 times, and, uh, and that's going to be key to helping you run your small business. So uh, Paco, uh, you and I both use Mixmax and we're both big fans of it. Um, what is one of your favorite features of Mixmax? 
I would have to say specifically is the visibility on who opened my emails. Um, I know that when I started out being full time in the business, I started utilizing this feature when reaching out to people, sending out contracts, uh, estimates, things like that, and seeing those who have opened it, how many times they've opened it, and things like that. So um, quick case scenario is I did a campaign and emailed all of the West Loop uh, businesses in my area because I moved offices back in June. And it was just a hello introduction email letting everybody know. And I was able to see in Mixmax how many, if any of them opened it, and if those who opened it multiple times. Mm-hmm. And those I knew who those that opened up the email multiple times were interested in some shape or form, which allowed me to tailor my follow-up email to them or a phone call to and know that they are receptive to what I have to offer. Cool. Yeah, exactly. That's that's great to have that visibility into um, you know, if your email's being read, because sometimes you know, you, you never hear from a client and you see that they never even open your email. So something's going on or they didn't know to check it or they've been busy. Um, other times you see they've looked at it a few times, but they haven't responded. That might mean that they're, right. they're having second thoughts or they're, you know, they, they might not like what you said or something. So that gives you more intelligence on how you want to follow up with them uh, and, uh, and the actions you can take. So all of that is available in this, um, in that, the, the cool package uh, of Mixmax. Um, like I said, both Paco and I use it. It works with uh, Gmail, and uh, it's it's pretty cool. So head over to mixmax.com uh, for more information and to see why Mixmax will be a game changer for your business. Um, all right, so now uh, the moment of truth. We have with us today uh, Vikram Rajan, who is the co-founder of phoneblogger.net and the creator of Inner Circles, which is a tool we're going to talk about here soon that's going to help you with your LinkedIn networking. Uh, and uh, he's going to talk to us today today about why LinkedIn networking sucks and what we can do about it. <laughs> uh, so welcome, Vikram. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Paco. How you guys doing? We're, we're good. We're good. Um, we're having fun um, talking marketing for IT businesses and one of the uh, kind of the, the dark horses or... Um, the elephant in the room or whatever you want to call it of marketing for IT business owners is LinkedIn because we sure. know we need to use it, especially, you know, we want a lot of the people who listen to this show, um, you know, are B2B or want to get into B2B and they want to be able to provide uh, business level, business grade IT services. Um, and they know LinkedIn is the place where businesses hang out, but they've tried it and they haven't had much success with it. Um, so I'd love to, to pick your brain on that. Before we do, though, why don't you just tell us quickly uh, who you are, you know, <laughs> what, what your background is and how you um, got to the point where you are now, um, where you're running phone blogger and, uh, and you know, picking apart LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, hey, everybody. So we started, my partner and I started phone blogger out of necessity uh, a couple of years ago, I would say like seven, eight years ago. Uh, because our clients get most of their business through word of mouth referrals. So they need to stay top of mind with their referral relationships, their clients, their past clients, prospective clients, influencers, other referral relationships, folks that they meet at conferences and networking groups. Uh, But uh, they're so focused uh, on their client work, which is a great thing. But unfortunately, their marketing then falls by the wayside. And 
you know, as the saying goes, if you're out of sight, you're out of mind, you're out of those referrals. So we wanted to solve that for our clients by interviewing them over the phone and turning what they say into optimized articles for their blogs, their LinkedIn, their email newsletters. So it's their words, their personality, their expertise, uh, has any kind of professional disclaimers that they may need. Um, and we make sure of all that. And with their approval, we can then optimize it on their side and, and optimize it for social and for search and uh, for their email newsletters. And, and of course, only good things happen when, when that stuff goes out consistently. Our clients get invited to present on the topics. Uh, people out of the email list comes out of the woodwork looking to engage with them, literally engage their services, let alone engage their content. Uh, they share uh, content, uh, people inquire, people get forwarded the newsletter. So it's a lot of good stuff that happens for our clients. Um, and, and so we help our clients with the posting of content on LinkedIn. But one aspect that we don't uh, do is actively network on LinkedIn on behalf of our clients. That's, that's sort of, it would have been like disingenuous to kind of fake our uh, our client behavior and, you know, like like com and comment and share on people that we don't really know the nature of the relationship. I, I think that would be just uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to figure out how to make LinkedIn a little bit more efficient instead of just really a waste of time. And it's just, uh, and we'll, we'll go into that, I'm sure. So we kind of created a quick free tool that anyone could really use, but uh, we created it with our clients in mind. Yeah. So, um, so let's, let's um, start by kind of talking about some of the frustrations around LinkedIn um, yeah. I know, you know, personally, one of my biggest frustrations with using LinkedIn is it feels like you're being sold to a lot. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's hard to tell if people want to connect with you, um, you know, because they you, they want to network with you or because they just want to pitch you their product really quick. Um, right. I get, you know, I'll get like direct messages and stuff from people trying to sell me stuff. And uh, it, it starts to feel, um, you know, a little like kind of getting back to what you're saying, a little disingenuous, a little robotic um, and, uh, and so that, that's one of my frustrations. What, what have you found that have been some frustrations with, with using LinkedIn? Yeah, well, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. So, you know, that's in mail, uh, LinkedIn's email system, and they've got, uh, something relatively new called sponsored in mail. Um, and that's how, one of the ways LinkedIn makes money. So I think that's going to be here to stay, uh, because, mm -hmm. you know, if they weren't about making money before Microsoft bought them, they sure as heck are about making money now and, and more power to them. You know, we're all in business for ourselves, so we all have to make a buck and LinkedIn makes a couple of more bucks than we all do combined. And one of the ways they do that is through sponsored in-mail. So it's sort of basically spam. Um, but, you know, if, if they could figure out the relevancy a little bit better, you know, commercials and ads that are tailored to us can actually be really useful if done the right way. So they made it where LinkedIn in-mail uh, that's sponsored won't show up in your regular email inbox to the way if someone regularly in-mails you on LinkedIn, it shows up in your Outlook, Gmail, what's, what have you. So that's kind of one aspect, one way they kind of filtered it so that it doesn't really annoy people, but and that it automatically shows up in your inbox only when you log in. Just sort of like a benefit because they, you know, they figure that's, they could track engagement that way. On the flip side, you also don't pay for the in-mail unless someone actually logs in. So that's on the flip side from an advertising and marketing standpoint. And look, you know, you know, one man's junk mail is another man's uh, direct response mail. So it's hard to kind of fault it, but it is kind of uh, annoying if not done properly. And I think we should all kind of school each other on building that relationship first. And ultimately, yeah, sure, we have to pitch. Uh, but, you know, instead of having to be sold to, um, rather, we should kind of pick up on other people's buying signals. And I think that's a great way of looking at relationship building, networking in general, and then specifically on LinkedIn. 
Well, one of the issues I find extremely frustrating and annoying is kind of the scrolling and scrolling and scrolling that I have to do on LinkedIn. You know, when it comes to like Facebook or, you know, even Twitter, the scroll is, you know, kind of part of the game and, and we're purposely there to distract ourselves. It's probably our second, if not third screen. You know, we've got the TV on, we've got our laptop, and then we may be scrolling on the mobile. And it's kind of part of what we're doing. It's kind of like hanging out. You just kind of shoot in the crowd yeah. and, and <laughs> that's enjoyable to some degree. On LinkedIn, we're usually there somewhat transactionally. We're there for some kind of productive reason. Um, which means it's not just in our background, we're there for a reason. So then when I had to tell my clients, hey, we can post content on your behalf, but the other half of it is do unto others as you would want them to do unto you. So you have to go there and engage with others, your VIP, your inner circle, your referral relationships, and just go on the LinkedIn home feed and start scrolling. And hopefully eventually you'll run into someone that you actually want to engage with. and Sometimes I'd have them do that right in front of me just so they can kind of see and practice and see what's about. And they would look at me like I'm nuts. Like, this is what you want me to do? Like, who are all these people? I barely know them. I met them at one conference like two years ago. Oh, yeah, this is a guy that I used to work with back in my old job, but I, I haven't spoken to him in five years. And, and it would be like, and then, all right, here's another sponsored post. So here's a commercial. Okay, let me keep scrolling. Oh, okay, finally, here's someone that I really like, but I don't really know if I really have anything to say to what he just posted. He's a nice guy. Yeah, I should probably do something to stay top of mind with him, but not this post. Okay, let's keep scrolling. And that became really stupid. Um, and I didn't really have anything to say to my clients other than, well, keep scrolling. Um, and I said, well, Twitter has Twitter lists. What if we could kind of create something like Twitter lists, but on LinkedIn so that I can categorize? And, you know, I work with a lot of lawyers. So if I can just create a group of just the lawyers I know or just my clients, um, or uh, just media influencers that I know that these are my first degree relationships, but these are the people that I really need to stay on top of where if they post something, uh, either it's going to be super interesting for me or at the very least I need to like, comment, or share it so that I'm getting in their good graces and reciprocity and guilt and all that stuff. They will want to pay attention to me because I am legitimately paying attention to them and the golden rule and all that. And that's kind of what we created as inner circles to, to kind of focus on our VIP. Yeah, that's that's great. That's definitely uh, very needed. I know one of the one of the kind of the ways I used to engage on LinkedIn is through the groups. Yeah, I would join, you know, um, some IT consulting groups, and there would be some good discussions, and you could jump in, and and that's how you kind of built trust with people. And then eventually, you can say, hey, by the way, I have these services or whatever. Um, but for some reason, the groups kind of dried up um, recently. And I, I'm not sure why. Yeah, I know more LinkedIn groups suck. You know, Facebook groups are pretty cool. They're, they're really engaging. Yeah. I don't really know why LinkedIn groups are so awful. Well, I know why, but I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you why. But, but they're trying to fix it actively. Uh, the jury's still out of whether or not they're going to be successful at essentially tempering human nature, tempering the nature of us as sales professionals, even if we, you know, we run our own business, we are in the sales process eventually, and at least we should be. I'm, I'm a big fan of being in the sales process. I've done well, but it, it ended up becoming a wasteland where my metaphor is like, imagine being in a room, you're sitting there and someone just runs in and throws a bunch of paper at you and then runs back out. And imagine like 20 people doing that to you like an hour. And they just run in, they're basically posting an article, and then they run out. It's like drive-by posting. And it's, right. it's ridiculous. Everyone's just running in, 
throwing paper into a room, hoping it hits someone and running out, but no one's actually sticking around to actually read other people, people's paper and comment. And right. unless it's a discussion where it's a two-way street, then it's just a bunch of spam and it becomes these, you know, and then it became automated and then you got companies like mine posting on behalf of clients. So it became like the situation where it's like, what is going on in these groups? And not every group, but a vast majority where if that enough happens, it's like a, a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's like the vicious cycle where people just start retreating more and more and essentially either doing the same thing, throwing people in the room and leaving or just not entering the room in the first place because they're like, well, no one else is here actually having a discussion. Everyone's just spamming their blog post. And that's not cool for anyone. So, you know, I always say to my clients, it's important to be a thought leader and to share your content and expertise, but it's kind of like an 80-20 rule. It's almost more important to actually engage with others. You don't actually have to post that often. If you keep, you know, the more you're interesting, uh, pardon, the more you're interested in others, the more you're interesting to others. And, uh, you know, I don't know how to change human nature LinkedIn is trying with more moderation techniques, et cetera. And we'll see in coming months and coming weeks, even if it actually takes root, uh, because Facebook's been able to, and maybe that's just the nature of Facebook being more social and more like-minded where of course, some people have different agenda of kind of pitch a product, but maybe it's just tempered out of peer pressure. And with LinkedIn, yeah. it's in a, a, you know, a bunch of hyenas mm-hmm. in a room and, no and you got a good point too, because specifically those that come into the feeds where people that are in your connection that are commenting on certain topics and these can be different posts, they can be different ideas, articles, things of that nature. And then if it happens to be someone that you mentioned you've followed for whatever reason, interest way back when, uh, somebody in your industry or even an industry or a niche that you are trying to target. Um, it allows you to get a better insight of what's going on. And then two, it also allows you to engage with others, um, either the person that you know that commented on that person's uh, post or being able to get a fresh idea for content, as you had mentioned before, of creating onto LinkedIn and kind of re- re-engaging and cycling it back forth. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's a great point. So it's not, you know, you get not only a positive effect from the people that you are actively liking, commenting, sharing, and I just say engaging because those are very long words. Um, not only do you get like the direct benefit from the person that you're engaging with, but exactly what you said, Paco, it, it's also their circle because whenever you engage with someone's content, you're showing up on other people's home feed uh, that you commented on, on their connections post. So it's a nice way of not only getting results from your own inner circle, but getting a result from their inner circle which is essentially kind of what we always think of. It's like, yeah, yeah, I know the people already, but how can I get to like the strangers? How can I get to people, the who knows who, the second degree? And that's a great way of getting into that secondary degree by adding value instead of just trying to spam them, which is essentially what InMail's value is, is kind of, you can reach people outside your first degree. Um, so, you know, yeah, it's a great point. And, you know, that's just kind of the nature of LinkedIn that it was never meant to be a mass blasting platform. Their, their concept was always one relationship at a time. And, you know, it's, it's good to go back to that because that's, you know, where the action happens from people we know. Yeah, I feel like they tried to be too Facebook-like almost with the news feed and, and some of the other stuff they did. Um, and, and they lost sight of what, what was really great about LinkedIn was a way to kind of c- connect, like you said, one-on-one or in a small group of people in the same industry in those groups. Um, yeah. Also a place where you can see like the, you know, share your professional 
goals and and your professional resume and 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 that kind of thing and um but but I think if you if you kind of approach it from the mindset of of like you said you know participating and um adding value and 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 uh, being a part of other people's stuff instead of just posting a bunch of your stuff and throwing it on the wall and and uh, and wanting people to see it I think that's a great great approach and something I haven't been doing enough of myself. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, ultimately, whenever we use any of these platforms for free, we have to remember we're not actually the customer. We're part Mm -hmm. of the product. Uh, So they're selling our data one way or another from any of these social media platforms, including anything free like TV to some extent, that we are the demographic data that they're essentially reselling. LinkedIn has to focus on the ways that they make money as we all should be (laughs) focused on the way we make money. So their, their target audience are going to be the recruiters, headhunters, job recruiters, et cetera, those who hire people because they're using it as a job posting board. And then, you know, to some lesser degree, you know, the actual people who are hunting for jobs, kind of like the ladies night aspect. But then there's also sales professionals who use sales navigator, which is actually a really good tool. It's a little expensive in my opinion, but um, I think provides a great amount of value and, uh, you know, that's a way for LinkedIn to make money. And then LinkedIn makes money through ads, you know, the, the basic text ads that we see as well as sponsored in mail. So with that focus, thought leaders and uh, networking is actually not um, their primary focus. So, you know, we have to keep that in mind as, as we use uh, LinkedIn. So um, let's uh, dig into um, the Inner Circles product. So this is a free, um, is it like a SaaS app or, or how does it work exactly? It's actually a browser extension. So people can go to www.inner.oo, not .com, but inner.oo. You install it. It's right now for Chrome. Firefox should be coming out in a couple of weeks. Uh, I'm testing it right now. It, it, it works pretty much the same way as, as Chrome does. Um, and it's really cool. You just... Um, log into LinkedIn as you normally would, and you just use uh, uh, inner circles kind of separately. So the easiest way is to copy and paste names uh, into the inner circles interface, and it'll automatically create a circle. And basically, you can just see those 10, 20 people, uh, and you just kind of open up the accordion and see the posts right there. It's actually really, really cool. You can use other function in inner circle. You can create a circle automatically based on search keywords. So you can type in the word like podcast host. And all the people who host podcasts will kind of come into one inner circle. Not 100% because if suppose someone says, I am not a host of a podcast, that obviously will come up too. You don't have to use that automated feature. You can actually go manually and have and drag people uh, right into circles. Uh, but it's really easy. The easiest I prefer is copy and paste because we all have names about referral relationships, names of our customers and clients somewhere, the very least our billing software or some type of CRM or an Excel spreadsheet, just copy and paste the names first name, last name, and it'll kind of do the rest to find them in your first degree. Right. Uh, that's such a great idea because you're right. Like when, when I'm trying to engage with certain types of people on LinkedIn, it's impossible to find their posts. I don't even know if there's a way where I can just look at one person's posts. So the the workaround, if you don't use something simple and free, like inner circles, you can go into someone's name, you go into their activity feed, which is kind of, kind of hidden. It used to be a little bit more obvious to find. And then that's how you can see all their posts. Well, you're absolutely right, Matt. So if, if you have like this really influential connection and she posted something last Wednesday, the likelihood of you ever seeing that in your home feed is like slim to none because she's essentially buried at the bottom of the pile at this point and it's just going deeper and deeper minute by minute. So unless you go kind of specific VIP name by name in their activity feed, you'll never see it. 
and it's and now LinkedIn algorithm to some degree helps with just pure chronology, but it will by nature be at the bottom of the list regardless of algorithm. Um, and they can never kind of figure out an algorithm of someone that you've never engaged with, someone that you just met, you never engaged with that person. Why would they assume that you actually want to see that person's uh, post? So the only way really now I don't have to worry about being on LinkedIn every single day because I'm going to miss something. My VIP are kind of in my segments, in my circles. And if she posted something last week, last month, I'll always see it. And then it's very easy for me to like, comment, share, introduce her to some people, et cetera. So um, I'm, I'm never afraid of missing a beat cool. of my influencers. Very cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm installing it now. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going I'm to play around with it. Uh, very cool. Um, and it literally just great. came out like two weeks ago. So there's still going to be some glitches. We could call it beta for my clients. I just call it, call it kind of still in the, in, the, in the improvement phase. But yeah, it's technically in beta, but try it out. Give me feedback. We're improving it week by week. So if you see any glitches, it'll be kind of fun to get your feedback. Perfect. So, um, so I guess maybe taking it to the next step. So once we've, um, we've been engaging with, um, with people uh, that we share interests with or that you know, might be potential prospects or whatever, um, what is kind of the next step? When is it okay to reach out to them? What are your thoughts around kind of taking that relationship to the, you know, the transactional phase yeah. versus just the interaction. Oh, and that, that happens, I would say one-on-one -on -one by email or in mail um, and then setting up a phone time, a FaceTime, if that makes sense, uh, you know, literally face-to-face -face if they're local enough. But, um, you know, I, I was, you know, it, it doesn't take a lot. I think the, the beauty of LinkedIn is that everybody's there for that specific purpose of doing business with one another. If done with tact and respect and you've kind of invested in that relationship and, and you've taken an interest then you can do that relatively quickly. You don't have to like wait weeks and months. Uh, what engaging with their post right. kind of shows that you are actually interested in what they're doing and you should be legitimately interested in what they're doing. I think the more we're interested in what they're doing and where they're coming from and their needs and frustrations, um, it just makes the sales process a lot better because we can all be cons consultative in that sense and refer other people during the sales process and take the pressure off of just pitching for your own sake because ultimately they, if they have a need for what you do, um, it'll come obvious and you know, then you have to kind of figure out budget and go on all those details, but that can be a very mature conversation. Like, look, either you, you know, this is how much it costs legitimately. Let's kind of figure it out and make it work. And uh, I like having those types of conversations with my prospective clients. You know, I try to kind of remove that veneer of salesperson pitching as quickly as possible because, you know, no one likes to be pitched at, no one likes to be pressured. So, you know, it's always golden rule ultimately. Right. So, you know, it doesn't take a lot. You can, you can cold pitch very quickly so long as you're actually, you take the time to kind of get to know what that person's about and wh what they're looking to do. Uh, but you have to uncover it. It has to be consultative or else um, you're just presumptive. And that's not cool. Yeah. And I, I can see that working well for, for IT yeah. services or people listening. Um, you know, if you're interacting with people and you just, um, you know, you, you, you're interacting with the, the people in, in the niche that you want to go after. So maybe it's like lawyers or, you know, maybe it's a specific type of service and you're, you're, you're listening to their conversations and maybe you chime in when they have an issue that you can help them with, or maybe, you know, they post something and you, you just make a comment that you, you know, you liked what they post and you, you give some thoughts about that, maybe technology related or something like that. And then, and then you can, you know, jump in a, in a, in a private message and say, Hey, I love that post, you know, that you posted, um, here are some additional thoughts. And that's kind of a way you can get that, that private conversation started with them 
to relate it back to something that that you publicly commented on, and then they know who you are because they already saw you, you know, out there on the public. That's platform. a great point, and of course, LinkedIn makes it really easy to name drop because we see our mutual connections, and you know, you know, look, right. not all the mutual connections are that close, but if you do have a couple of people in common, um, that's a great, and even more so if yeah. you've done work with them or for them, um, that that becomes even better. So it's very convenient to kind of legitimize yourself based upon mutual connections. Uh, and we do that all the time anyway. And, you know, right. You know, we all call it name dropping or something like that, but it works because we want to know that, all right, you're, you're in my circle and I'm in your circle and it just makes sense. And ultimately we want to do business with those that not only that we know them, but we like them and we trust them that we want to kind of have some type of assurance that you're not going to be a schmuck. You're not going to rip me off. And look, if we travel in the same circles and you know, the people I know, a word gets around, either you're great or you're not so great. Either way, your reputation uh, is very important nowadays. And, you know, ultimately that's what personal branding and word of mouth referrals, all that is built on our reputation. And that's, you know, who knows who and who's talking about you in a good way. Yeah, and I, 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 can, um, I can see uh, that when I get contacted by someone who says, hey, you know, I see your friends with Paco, for example, or, you know, hey, Paco and I, um, you know, worked on this project, uh, wondered if you're interested in something similar, that's going to grab my attention, right. you know, a thousand times more than someone coming out of the blue. Exactly. So <laughs> are you still interested in the same field or you want to join another industry? Please message me back. <laughs> I got plenty of those. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so cool. So I think, um, that uh, that's going to wrap things up. Um, was was there any other kind of tips or tricks that we didn't cover that you wanted to uh, to to mention there, Vic? People just connect with me on LinkedIn. Ask me any any of your marketing questions. You know, uh, I, I like referring LinkedIn experts. I use LinkedIn a lot, uh, but uh, you know, I don't do LinkedIn training in that traditional sense or LinkedIn experts. And and, and I know lots of them. They're great. So I'd be happy to kind of hook you up with someone that uh, can work with you one on one when it comes to LinkedIn marketing and LinkedIn networking and all that stuff. You know, we, we came up with a solution that we knew our clients really needed. So I hope inner circles works out uh, for anyone listening. And we're tech guys. So we're going to, we're going to yeah. pound away at that, uh, at that, yeah, that Chrome extension and code or anything and let you know what's wrong with it. <laughs> yeah. But please do. If you find any bugs or glitches uh, for real, uh, we want to make it simple and fun to use and it's meant for non geeks. So I'm sure anyone listening and watching will have no problem with it. Yeah, I've just been kind of playing around with it a little while we've been talking, and it, it's super easy to set up and um, and get started, and it, it integrates right in there with uh, with LinkedIn. That's pretty cool. So so far, so good. Cool, man. All right, man. So I uh, appreciate you um, taking the time to to be here today and sharing some of your tips to to make uh, uh, LinkedIn suck a little bit less. <laughs> and uh, and we thank you for providing a, a free tool that can help us um, kind of. Uh, uh, sift through um, the weeds of LinkedIn and make it a little bit more organized and a little bit more easy to use. Um, so appreciate it. Likewise, Matt. Thanks a lot, Paco. All right, guys. So that's going to do it. Uh, before we sign off, just wanted to mention our second sponsor for today, and that's Tech Blog Builder. Tech Blog Builder is the blog writing service for IT businesses. Um, at Tech Blog Builder, we craft a content that converts website visitors into customers with 100% unique SEO-ready professionally written blog posts delivered on a consistent schedule. Um, and we post it directly to your website. So it's very hands-off for you. You just let us know the topics you want us to write about. We'll make sure to match your business voice and your business personality 
talk about the services, talk about the areas that you service and write some engaging posts for your business. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, um, we are working on some new uh, features for Tech Blog Builder. We're going to be integrating some social media posting um, and uh, we're thinking about some other stuff like video that we can incorporate. So definitely some exciting things uh, on the horizons for Tech Blog Builder. So get in now uh, before the price starts increasing with all these new features. Um, and you can check that out at techblogbuilder.com. Uh, so that's going to do it for this episode of the Computer Business Marketing Show. Head on over to Computer Business Marketing and uh, that's where all the show notes are. So you can see all the links we mentioned in these episodes. You can uh, view the videos or listen to the audio of past episodes. And, um, you know, we've had a few uh, other episodes on LinkedIn. So you can kind of uh, filter for just the posts on LinkedIn and have a nice, you know, uh, binge watch of all the different LinkedIn um, tips and tricks. And this fits in perfectly to all of those. Like the last one, we talked a lot about setting up your profile the right way. So once you do that, then you can listen to this one where we talk about, you know, how to interact with people and network and use some different tools to, uh, to do that. So they all fit in together and they all complement each other nicely. You can find all of that stuff at computerbusinessmarketing.com. Also, don't forget to join us in the Facebook group. Uh, just search for Computer Business Marketing in Facebook or go to techsitebuilder.com slash group. Request access to join the group by answering two easy questions, and we can't wait to see you there. And if you listen to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, be sure to give us a shout out and leave a review. We love to hear your feedback, and every comment helps so that the podcast can be found by others. Finally, don't forget to check out our sponsors, Mixmax and Tech Blog Builder at mixmax.com and techblogbuilder.com. Thanks for checking out the Computer Business Marketing Show. This is Matthew Rodella. And this is Paco LeBron. Same here's to your success. Mm-hmm.